You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 329. I am Tim Robertson. I am David Cohen. Um, so, sorry about last week, guys. Uh, obviously, I did a solo quick show because David and I just couldn't work out the schedule. It happens sometimes. But uh, we are here. As we record this, it's uh, Christmas Eve. And Christmas Eve. Very early in the morning, so it's not quite Eve yet. <laughs> yeah, it seems this year that, like, kind of, I mean, Christmas is obviously always a big thing, but it seems like the world's gone a little bit crazy this year for Christmas Eve. What do you mean? Certainly, well, certainly here in the UK, it's just the kind of an air of, there's a real air of desperation about, you know, everyone getting ready for Christmas that, you know, I you don't always see here. So, um, yeah, it's I- kind of funny. Uh, you know, I've I've had to go to the store a few times. Uh, I'm on a four day. I don't want to say vacation because it's you know it's holiday and yeah. the weekend. But my normal day off is Friday, and uh, we're closed both Saturday and Monday. Today Saturday, or no, today Sunday. Um, so basically, I get a four day weekend, which is pretty crazy, you know. And huh? I've had to go to the store a few times. And it was just a madhouse, every store I went to, every one, just wall-to-wall, elbow-to-elbow. Cole and I went to a store yesterday, and I said, it's going to be really busy in here, buddy. And he goes, so we're going to be in the line a long time. (laughs) (laughs) And he was right. We we waited in line to pay for our purchase, then we were actually in shopping. The the thing I've never quite understood about that is that, you know, some of the stuff that you see people buying, yeah. You buy, you see them buying kind of staples. You go to the grocery store, you know, milk, bread, and stuff like massive, massive quantities of it. Now I know in the states, you guys often because of the kind of the people, it's a much bigger place. People don't travel as much. You know, you guys really often do the kind of really big family yes. dinner thing. Yeah, we'll do that tomorrow. Here, here in Britain, we don't. No more than normally. I mean, yes, some people will travel, but you, you won't get 20 people around the table very often in Britain just because our houses aren't that big, yeah? And yet people are buying like the zombie apocalypse is upon and they will never be able to shop again. And it's like <laughs> the stores here are closed for a day. Yeah, people freak the out. Stores, people just freak out like, yeah. you know, they're never going to have enough of, uh, enough food again. Yeah, and that's, I see that here as well. Well, they're going to be yeah. closed tomorrow. We better get everything we need today. Yeah. Really? You don't have enough in your cupboards at home? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. But I'm I'm still surprised how many stores are open on Christmas Day. Yeah. I, I always thought, yeah, you know what? I I get it. You can you should have a few gas stations open and maybe a pharmacy here and there cuz you know. But other than that, come on. Let people have a day off. Good lord. Yeah, well, you know, people like to make money. So I do want to give a heads up. After we talk about Mac Specialist, or I'm sorry, <laughs> went back in time there. <laughs> After we talk about our uh, MacSales.com sponsorship um, at the midway point, uh, we are going to come back, and David and I are going to talk about and re- discuss Star Wars The Last Jedi completely spoilers. So... Anybody listening to this that's into Star Wars has probably seen it, so I'm not too worried about that. And every review now is completely spoils the movie. But I do want to give a heads up that if you haven't seen it and you plan on seeing it and you don't want it spoiled, when we're done talking about OWC, 
you might not want to listen until after you've watched the movie because obviously David and I have both seen it. Um, But I I do want to start with some feedback and then go into our first main topic, which I'm going to get fired up about. Um, Last week, David, I talked about the speakers that I use. Yeah. And I specifically asked, you know, what's a good set of speakers? Um, I just deleted some of our notes. Brendan actually had some in here, too, and I forgot to include those. Uh, but John Nemo wrote in. He said, you asked. Here's the answer. These are the best desktop speakers I've ever heard. And they're the uh, Allaire? Yeah, Allaire, I think it is. Allaire Bluetooth speakers. So... I'm going to – Nemo listens to a lot of speakers and headphones and stuff. He does quite a few of those reviews. So if he says these are the best he's ever listened to, I I would put a lot of weight to that. Yeah, and when when I first saw this comment, I thought, Bluetooth, really? You're saying those are the best? So I went and looked at those. These are really hi-fi speakers with Bluetooth in them. Um, They're high-end. They're about $350. Um, They have – Bluetooth, but also regular uh, computer connections and um, uh, RCA connections, everything as well, or digital or, or optical as well. Pretty much every every way connecting the, the things in. So, looking at that, I kind of thought, okay, yeah, well, that's that's more what I would expect to see. Um, and yeah, these these look very nice. So they are kind of pricey. Um, but but yeah, any good, good speakers are going to be pricey. Yeah, you know, when yeah, you get into the audio file reproducing the music the correct way so it just sounds so good it's it's going to cost you money and like i said last week i've also reviewed a lot of speakers some high-end stuff and yet i keep coming back to these 12 year old altic lansing speakers they just sound so good i mean they really did a fantastic they don't look great in fact i think they're kind of eh looking but man they sound so good well, yeah, I mean, talking of old speakers, I, I, I mean, I came back to John and I, I, I said, look, I'm kind of interested in these. But I also reviewed um, a set of speakers uh, a long time ago for my Mac. Um, and they are, I think they're called Agon M's. Um, and they're kind of a similar sort of thing to these ones that, that John's pointed out. Though, uh, of course, back then they didn't have Bluetooth or anything like that. In, but I'm still using those on a pretty regular basis. I um, Weren't those a British were, company? Yeah, yeah, they I are. remember because they emailed me, and I saw where they are, and they didn't want to send it overseas to me to review. So I no, referred them I over think to you. that's why I end up, um, end up reviewing them. Uh, and that, that is a problem. You know, they, they, they apparently do have stockists in the U.S., but um, they, they're primarily based in the U.K. Um, we'll put a link into them into, into my original review in the show notes. Um, but they they sound amazing. Um Similar sort of setup to these ones that Jay, that, that um, John's mentioned here. You know, you've got a uh, a big subwoofer and then a couple of tweeters off off the side of them. Now that the the latest model of these actually are similar to these ones that John's pointed at. They have Bluetooth and a remote and stuff like that in. The ones I reviewed did not. Um, but yeah, uh, Alexander did a, uh, a a kind of a disco thing. Um, DJing. Was- yeah, DJing last weekend using his iPad as the as, and the DJ app, um, and we were filling a pretty large room using these speakers. That's cool. Um, and and yeah, they're like they, these are a pair that were so good. I bought them off the company rather than send them back 
which I always think is a indication that, that they're kind of they're, they're pretty good, really. Yeah, I, if I, the I, reviewer I said, I said, says yeah. I have to keep these, yeah. So that's that's what I did, and I'm still using them now. So uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to those as well if anybody's interested. Donnie Yankolo sent us a question via Twitter, at TechFanPodcast. And it, I had to think about the answer before I replied. And it's something that I didn't consider until his email. And he says, I wonder how many app sales have been lost from the impulse buy or the impulse to buy an iTunes on the Mac and for, and then forgetting to buy it on iOS device later. Hmm. Um, you know, that's interesting because I, I would have to say my, I, I, I always looked at the iTunes store, iOS store, I should say, in iTunes. I never looked at it in iOS itself. I always found, and even the new one is clunky in, in, uh, on the iPhone or the iPad. It's just not very intuitive to find things and it's not easy to see like a big list and what's related. It's so much easier on the Mac with such a big screen and I think Donnie hit on something here. I think app store purchases are way down from my personal experience and anecdotally. I would have I would have bet you I would bet it's probably thirty percent lower. What what gives you what gives what's the idea where do you think you, that metric comes from when you i mean you're giving us a number so yeah because 95 percent of no 95 percent of all statistics are fake <laughs> fair enough okay well so i just case, i just made that up completely 40 percent lower well i well maybe no <laughs> I, no i'm gonna stick with my 30 yeah right um it, it's certainly a problem and actually i find it works both ways i was actually really doing it a um uh, there was a couple of articles yesterday that said that the pcalc, which is a long-standing application for Mac and iOS, it's a, it's a great calculator app. Um, it, it's just hit its 25th anniversary. Yeah, I saw and that. And to celebrate, the um, developer has reduced the pro- – now I have it on iOS, but I don't have it on the Mac. And he's reduced the price on both platforms by 90%. Now, I'm reading this on my iPad, and I'm thinking, damn, I wish I could buy the Mac version right here, right now. But I can't because I'm on my iPad. Yep. And then I have to remember to do it before the sale ends and that sort of thing. This is where a website like App Shopper, which allows you to kind of bookmark apps and um, will also email you and tell you when the prices change or it's been updated or something like that, is invaluable. But it's stupid that you have to use a third-party service for that rather than just from Apple. Well, I also think um, similarly... I don't generally browse the internet a whole lot on my iPad or iOS. I pick it up, I use the app that I want to use, and then I put it away. And that's because I'm sitting in front of a 27-inch and a 21-inch screen when I'm using my Mac, and it's so much easier to read and navigate on that than it is on the iPad, Yeah, um, and especially more than the iPhone. So one of my bookmarks is Touch Arcade, as it is for you. We both love the Touch Arcade. It's a great website. Yeah. And I used to, what is it, every Tuesday or Wednesday, they would have the new app releases that week. And I would always go in there, and I would say at least twice, maybe even three times a month, 
I would actually buy. I'm not talking about downloading the free stuff. I'm talking about buying an app that they highlighted there. Oh, I want that. And I click the link in the website. It opens up in iTunes, and I click buy. I can't do that anymore. And I forget to go on the iPad and do the same thing because it's just not in my regular habit of using my iPad to browse the Internet. So just that alone is anecdotal enough. I'm I'm buying three less apps every co- every month at least because I I can't look at anything on my Mac and it doesn't make any sense. I understand if Apple wants to make it so okay you you have to use iOS to download and manage the iOS device. They're not going to do it in iTunes anymore. <clears throat> There's no practical reason why you can't browse the iOS store on your Mac or PC for that matter. That I could still buy it on the Mac and it just downloads it on iOS. You well, can't do yeah, it. Even, it makes... even there, the problem the problem is even if you find a direct link, you can get to the if you're on the Mac, you can get to the iOS page if somebody links directly to the iOS app. So even though you can't browse the iOS app store, you can actually get to the the purchase page for the app on your Mac, but the problem is you can't buy it there. If you right. actually try and buy it there, it'll say, no, you've got to do this on our iOS device. Right, which and is like, stupid. Oh, why are you Why are you making me jump through hoops to give you money? I, there seems to be a, some problem with the whole App Store ecosystem that Apple gives the impression that it's incredibly hard to make changes to it. Yeah, You know, it's a huge engineering effort, um, and I don't know whether that's because it's on some very, very old platform that's very difficult to program for or whatever. But considering the modern web and the fact that uh, companies like Amazon and eBay and other ones that, that I use on a regular, regular basis can deliver modern you know, web-linked applications that kind of work everywhere and allow you to do everything, it, it's kind of bizarre that the App Store is not like that. Um, no, I, I, I'm not as obviously I'm not as familiar with the Android store. I use it every now and again. Uh, I don't know whether you've got the same limitations with uh, Android, whether you can um, buy you Android apps you, for your Android device on a web on a web page. Well, you don't have that problem on Amazon's web store, which is Android. Yeah, I can buy apps on on Amazon, and it downloads to my Android or my uh, well, yeah. Fire. I mean, you, exactly. You could buy, for instance, if you have a Kindle. You can buy a Kindle book on the web page and immediately appears on your Kindle. Yeah. <laughs> and same it's, thing with the apps. Yeah. It's, it's there's no it's, reason. Yeah. Well it's um disappointing, but then there's a lot of things about Apple that are disappointing. And and I think the problem is in over the years we've put up with a lot of Apple's weird stuff. Yep. You know, kind of just gone, Oh, it's kind of Apple, that's just the no, way it's they Apple's do things. Way. It's becoming increasingly harder and harder to stomach that. <laughs> it, it is. And that brings us to our uh, first main topic. And this one kind of, uh, to be honest, really ticks me off. And over the last week or so, uh, this thread came out on Reddit. Was it Reddit? Yeah. Uh, I, th- I forget where it I mean, once once it once it came out, it, yeah. um, it I think it was it I think it was um, uh, Matthew Panzerino originally to turn this up um, over at the Verge or somewhere like that. I forget anyway, but it it kind of spread all over the tech web once 
want to get and in fact i saw it on the bbc as well it became a big thing this became a big thing do you want to explain what this big thing is so the situation is that um there's been kind of anecdotal evidence from a lot of people from a long time including yourself who was complaining about this a couple of weeks ago that older ios devices over time slow down particularly when you put a later uh, ios version on and and in some respects people have kind of always accepted that you know if you take a, a ios device that's three or four generations behind the current one and put the latest ios on there you might hit some limitations in terms of ram or processor speed or something but this is this seemed to be more than that and what really triggered this off is a lot of people apparently were using ios 10 on um devices that are two or three generations old and then they put ios 11 on and they really really slowed down yep um and and you you said that had happened to you and you exactly. said it was like five seconds to bring the camera up and we speculated and i i said oh i think what you need to do is do a clean restore on there because you know completely set up from scratch because there's something some kind of legacy weird stuff going on and i uh, did that and it seemed to help somewhat but it's still way slower than it was yeah and the problem is you can't go back once you've got to iOS 11, you can't go back to iOS 10 nope. and get back the older performance. Um, and uh, so, so that's an issue. Now, there's been a lot of kind of uh, conspiracy theories that this is a, this is an Apple strategy to try and um, make people upgrade to later devices. Um, and kind of the, the logical argument against that would be, well, surely if Apple kind of tanked your device that would be more inclined that would be less inclined to go out and buy another apple device you kind of switch manufacturers but it turns out there is an engineering element of truth to this which is that um apple has now admitted that when the battery in a device starts to wear and obviously a device two or three generations old maybe even further or maybe even younger um, the battery might start to degrade slightly the uh ios 11 in particular sees this um, and it starts throttling the device to try and prolong the battery life uh, and to make sure that the uh, device doesn't overheat and reset, which apparently is something that these things can do. And so, like all things Apple, there's not a lot of clarity about exactly what the parameters of this are and, and when you might see it and what it might do. Um, you will see it with benchmarks because they push the devices very hard, but there's been a suggestion in the press that um, you shouldn't normally see this throttling unless you're doing something particularly aggressive. Um, but the point is, is Apple never told anybody about this. And even now, we don't really understand how it works. Uh, and people are going, see, see, I told you. Uh, and it, it does seem to be, I don't know, it does, it does seem to be not a, a great message to give out without the level of detail that kind of reassures people that Apple is not for whatever good reason or not deliberately hobbling your device and that's that's the key right there to me because they have admitted they are deliberately slowing down your device and that's where i have a big issue now some people say and i'll try and i'll try to double advocate this a little bit before i get into my rant look you have an older device the battery is starting to wear down if Apple didn't do this, you're going to just kill your battery three or four times a day. It, 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 they're trying to protect you. 
So you can, so you actually can still use your old device. They're, they're actually doing the opposite. They're saying, Hey, your battery's going bad. You either need to replace a battery or get a new iPhone. And since, you know, you're not, you're not doing either of those, we still want you to use that iOS device, that iPhone. We're just going to slow it down so you can continue to use it. So nice of Apple to do so, isn't it, David? That's so nice of them. They're looking Very after my best interests. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's how they see it. Yeah. The problem is, is it, it to me, it comes down to user choice. Maybe you should be given the choice not to have a slow device and suffer short battery life if that's what you want. And here's my issue. I think that that reason is BS. And here's why. If Apple really was concerned about giving us the ability to continue to use those devices under reduced speeds, they would have let you know. But they didn't do that. They completely kept it hidden. Why would they do that, David? Why Why wouldn't Apple give you a notification? Because Lord knows there's enough freaking notifications on your phone every 10 minutes. Why wouldn't they give us a notification? Your battery is wearing out. Click here to blah, 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 blah. Continue to yeah, use your device I, in slower mode. I, yeah, I have some sympathy with that view. And I also... Um, what made me smell a little bit of a rat with this is that this sounds like the sort of thing that developers should know about when you're targeting your app. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna develop a new app and then all of a sudden you start getting complaints from users that it doesn't perform well, this is the sort of thing you should know about so that you can say, oh, okay, well, yeah, for a, for this, uh, tell me what device you're on. Uh, well, and, and then go back and say, well, there's, there's probably a good reason for that. It's probably that uh, your device is, is, is being throttled somewhat for battery reasons, and that's why. Um, because cause then, you, then you might target your app at later devices. You yep. might say, okay, you can't put it on an iPhone 6, even if it's running on iOS 11, because I know that you're going to have a bad experience there. Uh, and so developers <laughs> are going to be taking the heat from this, and have no knowledge of it whatsoever because this is this is a, a hidden part of the iOS ecosystem until recently. And here's Apple's number one selling device, the iPhone. Apple doesn't make money when I buy or from me because I'm not buying a new iPhone right now. I'm continuing to use the one that I spent close to $1,000 for. And what Apple never does is tout how many older iPhones are out there. They always tell the new sales because that's what's important for them. How many people bought an iPhone last quarter? That's what they're always reporting, and that's what they always push at the keynotes, right? Yeah. Well, here's a practice that they're doing, which all but encourages people to buy a new device, and they do that how? By purposely slowing down my phone. Hey, Apple, when did I give you permission to slow down on purpose my phone. Well, I don't remember giving you freaking permission to throttle my hardware that I paid for, that I have to use for work. I don't remember giving you permission to do that. Did you read the terms and conditions all the way through? You clicked agree. Maybe yeah. there's something in there that lets you do that. No, nope. never. It's not in there. I guarantee no. you there's nothing in there that says... Yeah. You, we we reserve the right to slow down your device. They don't they don't say that. And anybody who says, well, it's not because they want to say bullshit. 
Well, let let me play devil's advocate on that a, a minute. I believe that whoever, whichever engineering team came up with this did it for a very good reason. I think they thought that they were um, that this was beneficial. I think Apple as a company took the decision that this was beneficial to the user experience. Yeah, I do not believe it was concocted by somebody saying, how can we drive more iPhone sales? I do believe, however, that a side effect of this decision is potentially to drive a few more iPhone phone sales. And I think Apple considered that and thought, yeah, we're okay with that. We're okay with that. So we won't say anything. So people will buy new iPhones. Oh, I'm, I'm sure the reason this is they a didn't great say anything solution. is because they knew that the... Right. The storm that's that's erupted around this since it came out would ha- would happen, and they didn't want to have to deal with it. But it wouldn't have happened if they would have came right out right at the beginning and put a notification on the phone, and there was a good, easily accessible uh, solution or explanation on their website. They didn't do that. They completely hid it. They were, they had no intention of letting anyone know until it was found out, and then they came up with this only their engineering explanation on why they would do this. They've been completely tone deaf to why people would be outraged. And it absolutely was, Hey, this is a great solution to keep these older iPhones running. It does benefit the users. That's what the engineers, that's the only thing the engineers cared about. And then marketing and management went, yeah, but you know what? Let's just keep this quiet because people are going to notice their phone's slowing down. We'll get more sales out of it. That's exactly what happened. I know it is. Yeah. I know it in my heart that that is what I, happened. My, and they my got wife greedy. Is and, an iPhone 6. Yeah. And she's seen this. Yeah. Yeah. Her battery life is not bad, but she's definitely noticed the slowdowns. And I, I'm pretty sure she's not been upgraded to iOS 11 yet. Um, the story I'm seeing here says apparently they started doing this about a year ago. Yeah, so on so iOS probably 10. Probably in iOS 10 as well. Yep. Um, it's just more aggressive in yeah. iOS 11. Yeah, I mean, she's always been resistant because I'm getting a, an 8 Plus soon. And so I said, well, you can have my 7. And she said, oh, initially she said, oh, I'm not interested. I, I don't want to go through the, the hassle of moving to a new device. But a couple of weeks ago, she said to me, she said, you know, this phone is becoming really slow. I think I will take the iPhone 7. Right. Yep. Sounds about right. It, it it really ticks me off. This is the height yeah. of greed on Apple's part to to purposely slow down an older device from a company standpoint so they can make more sales. This is the kind of stuff that makes me start to think, you know what? I think the war between Android and iOS is over. And for what I do on a daily basis with my phone... I don't know if it would make any difference if I'm on an, an iPhone or an Android device. I really don't know if it would make any difference at all. Because the apps that I use on a daily basis are on both platforms. Mm-hmm. Managing my music would be just as cumbersome on both devices. But I can move my music over to Android on my Mac. What else is there? Security? Yeah, maybe, but, you know, I might get a rogue app on Android, but at least Android isn't slowing my device down. Of course, well, I can never upgrade yeah, yeah. it either, so I, there's I, that. I think, I think you ought to be careful. I, I don't I don't believe necessarily that Android, that Google is necessarily much better in this 
this type of thing, or certainly the guys who make Android devices, they pull this sort of stuff as well. They they will put all sorts of stuff in the background that will slow down your phone for various different reasons. There are devices that have background apps that you can't get rid of that effectively are crapware that you can't get rid of on, on the Android side. I'm not going to say that either is perfect. But that's not Google sl- purposely slowing down my phone to buy that's a new true. one. Yeah, that's true. Or Samsung um, or whoever. They're not purposely slowing down my phone. And Apple is. Apple took a perfectly fine device and made it worse on purpose without my permission or without my knowledge. They purposely did that. Yeah. Be interesting to see whether they change this policy now that it's out there in the open. So Dave and I are going to take a quick break. Uh, you guys won't notice any difference because there's no commercial, but hold on one second. Our sponsor this week, of course, is Otherworld Computing. David, they've been sponsoring the Tech Fan Podcast for a couple of years now, and uh, we love them for it. Thank you very much, OWC, MacSales.com. And you know what? You can upgrade your older Mac and make it faster than it is. Apple would hate for you to do that, of course, because you know their MO is to slow down your older device, so you have to buy a new one. But guess what? If you're on a Mac, OWC comes to your rescue. It's intimidating, and it can be, to upgrade your older Mac, putting in a a new SSD, pulling out your DVD CD player, and putting in a device that, you know, it's going to make it faster, but, man, you got to crack open that machine, David. I would be nervous about that if I was kind of a tech newbie, but here's the nice thing. David, OWC has free videos on pretty much every single Apple Mac out there, including their own devices too, not just Apple stuff, but their own devices on how to do it. And it's a step-by-step video. How do I do this? And if you go to their website and it's um, macsales.com slash install videos, one word, David, there's, it's, it's amazing how it's, can you hear that? Yep. That's scrolling just to look at the list. I mean, they, you can even go down to, this is kind of amazing, iPod first generation. They have battery install videos for the first generation iPod. iPod. Are you kidding me? Yep. You I know. Um, and the, the thing is, is that particularly with these, old, with these older devices, you, you know, one of the first things you, you will need is storage. You, well, you, will, you will need storage, batteries. They've got all of this RAM. here. Yeah, RAM as well. Um, and listen, you can't substitute having a video of somebody showing you how to do it in front of you. No. It's all very well. I mean, I've used iFixit guides all the time. Um, they're great. They're step-by-step. But there are times when, when you're following through them and, and you're looking at the photo that they've got next to the step and there's kind of, you know, a paragraph of text. And you're going, this is really, really hard. If you actually watch somebody do it, uh, and describe it as they do it, then that is so much more, so much easier. And kind of, I always find it a little bit more usable than than having a uh, a printout or a, a copy of the iFixit guide in front of me. Now, you can just step by step hit the space bar, watch the next step, rewind it, watch it a few times before you try it yourself. Yeah, you, if you're doing it on your own, one and only Mac, you just have it running on your iPhone or iPad. I mean, yeah. let's be honest, everybody has at least two devices now that they can browse the internet with, and 
Yes. OWC provides this information as part of a sales tool. You're buying the upgrade from them, but you know what? You're not restricted to to only buying their stuff and using their videos. It's This is a company that does care about the community. So keep that in mind. If you're looking to upgrade your Mac and you're intimidated by it, go to macsales.com slash install video. Just look at the machine you have before you even buy the product and watch the install video. See if it's something you're comfortable with. Knowing that you have access to that install video if you buy the product and do it yourself anyway. So there you go. Um, spoilers, David, we got We got to get into that. Yep. So, so Star Wars. So if you don't want to know what happens in Star Wars, the last Jedi, this is the point where you stop listening to this episode. So spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, David, you, you saw, uh, I keep having this stupid hard drive popping up on my desktop. Go away. I've already ejected it twice. I just did yeah. it a few minutes ago, and it keeps popping up because it wants to do a backup. So now I'm going to go reach around the back and turn it off so it can't pop up again. You're going to kill that sucker. Well, because when it pops up, back on my desktop, it activates the drive, and it starts spinning up, and I can hear it. And I know the microphone's yep. picking it up. I usually turn it off, but I didn't this time, and so got to do it. So you saw The Last Jedi. I saw The Last Jedi fandom seems to be going nuts. It, it's it's a very divisive movie. Sure is. And yeah. I wasn't expecting that to be honest, were you? I I know I wasn't. I mean, we're kind of used to uh well, yes and no. I mean, thinking back about it, Force Awakens was fairly divisive as well. A lot of people didn't like the approach it took in terms of very, very strongly echoing the original... Right, uh, and it was done on purpose. Yeah, so um, uh, perhaps in retrospect, we shouldn't be surprised that this one is is as divisive. Um, And there's an awful lot. The the problem is, I think, the media was looking for the device of this this time and and has exacerbated it. Uh, It's become very easy now for... um, pretty much any media outlets go trawling Twitter and Reddit and um, Facebook and finding differing opinions and presenting it as a controversy. But it's certainly true that uh, quite apart from the silly stuff of people going, oh, it's too many, too many women in it and um, all of that sort of thing, it, it definitely was it, – it hit me emotionally a lot more than I thought it was going to. Uh, and and I, I – I understand where the divisiveness yeah. comes from in this movie. Yeah, I mean it's it's. Dark. I think it's warranted. I mean, Empire Empire was kind of dark middle. Yeah, no, um, it's not the movie. darkness that uh, I think. I no, don't think no, that's. But, but this this one this one is different because this one this one has a a kind of air of futility about it that I kind of enjoyed, um, but it's not it's not very Star Wars. So let's, this is about if you think about it, every single decision, pretty much every character except maybe Chewbacca and the pork making this movie is a bad decision and it leads to bad, bad consequences. And it happens to pretty much every principal character. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a refreshingly real take on this universe that I appreciated. I thought, you know what, this is a real war is hell and this is really this is really desperate. Um and I think I think the the kind of the series needs that because that's far more realistic than the 
uh, popcorn cinema approach that perhaps we had with the first three movies. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. I thought that the movie and uh, started up brilliant. I love the fact that uh, Poe is flying an X-wing all by himself, right at this ginormous Star Destroyer. Yep. And he it's a delaying tactic, obviously. He wants to get close enough and destroy it, some of the weapons and blah, 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 blah. And so he actually puts a call in to General uh, Hux. It's actually very... Yeah, it's very well done. It's very I, funny. I, I love it, that. It completely punches the um, intense seriousness that the First Order and, and, the, and the Empire always had. You know, they're always like... Um, it, it really pokes an awful lot of fun about how ridiculously serious they are about about themselves and what they're doing. Yep. Um, and it, it, it's very, very amusing. And, and well, course, it also you know, fits with, with, uh, with his character. I mean, think yeah. about, think about how he acted at the very beginning of, of the first movie where he's like, you talk first, I talk first, you know, that kind yeah. of nervous, almost Peter Parker banter when he's nervous and scared. And he, he's in an X-Wing flying at a giant weapon of mass destruction, and he's cracking jokes. I'm still holding frogs. <laughs> yeah. I will, we will destroy you and, and your insignificant. Right. And of course, you know, it, I'm, it, I'm still holding. It really, it really brings down Hux, um, which, which kind of is his purpose in the whole movie, in, in the whole I think in the whole trilogy, certainly in the original movie as well, in the first, um, in the in the Force Awakens, is to, you know, this is a guy who's super serious, almost to the point of being crazy about it. Yep. Um, and he's well, constantly he's a fanatic. punctured. Yes. By, uh, if it's not him, it's by Snoke or by Ren. Um, and uh, and yeah, yeah, and 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 this is kind of what I'm getting at though, because not long after that scene, yeah. Hux actually says, he says, how come we have all of this equipment and we can't destroy a tiny number of ships? And that, and that is the Empire and the First Order in a nutshell. Yep. They are hopeless failures at what they do, despite the fact they have all of these resources. You know, and it's the old, it's, it's a riff on the old Stormtrooper can't, can't aim type thing. You know, they, they can't hear anything, despite the fact they have all, all these massive things and they're constantly putting all their eggs into these big technological baskets and then being surprised when these things are blown up by the plucky plucky resistance plucky rebels whatever and and then flip it on the on the other side poe is doing what what the resistance and the rebels have always done in these movies which is you know effectively flying by the seat of the pants getting a huge amount of luck and getting away with it and this time they show that and then they go oh hell you know what hell of a lot of consequences from that and it might make you look good but look who died as a result yep so we're gonna and, we're not gonna take it step by step this movie yeah we're, what we're gonna do is focus on the character and their arcs in here and yeah. let's stick with 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 poe for a minute by the way oscar isaac he played this he, he was made to play this role he really was um yeah you could say he's kind of the han solo of this movie in that he he's unconventional he doesn't listen he tries to do his own thing and he thinks he's right all the time yeah but this this movie puts him on a learning arc which they never do on solo no they do. well you know. no he comes to the realization arc he doesn't come to a learning arc that's yeah. for sure but 
Poe obviously learns a lot. He becomes a leader at the end of this movie because of his colossal screw-ups. I mean, the fact that he, he says, okay, the bombers are there, go ahead and attack. And they're like, no, pull back, pull back. And he, he's the one that pushes for this attack and what happens it's a colossal disaster they lose all well, their bombers no it's a, it, he wins a battle while losing the war exactly I mean, it, it, the, from from his point of view he's going what a great success we destroyed that massive ship um and then he's he's told yeah but we didn't want to do that and there was no advantage in doing that oh by the way everybody died who attacked that ship exactly you know yeah so he he, he starts learning about the consequences of his action but not quick enough because Leia is injured. Uh, a lot of people have a problem with Leia's force flying back into the ship. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's really the first time you ever see her use the force at all. And you realize well, she is actually pretty powerful. Well, why shouldn't she be? She's Luke's twin. Mm-hmm. So she should be the same. So she have the same capabilities, you'd, you'd so imagine, without the training. Laura Dern's given character. The, the, one of the characters in this story has a whole load, whole yeah. arc of effectively Jedi superpowers without training. Right. Uh, why shouldn't Leia have it as well? Yeah. Um, Laura Dern obviously uh, is brought in to be this character to fill in for Leia while she's recovering from that ordeal. And Poe questions her judgment about everything. And not only that, goes behind her back, launches a mission, which, by the way, is a complete failure. Um and puts them more at risk. Uh, uh, yeah, but do, almost again, does a, or he does do a mutiny. Yeah, he does. But uh, again, and and he pays a price for it. I mean, even you know when Leia's back up and around, she's not very happy with him. Um, though I have to say, I think the problem that so going back to my theme of everybody makes bad mistakes is that all the resistance leaders make bad mistakes here yep. as well. Yeah. Well, there's no reason for them to keep their plan secret from their own people. No, no, no reason at all, other than plot <laughs> yeah. of the movie. Why isn't she yeah. telling him what the plan is? He's like yeah. their badass fighter pilot. He's that. She says to her at one point, "Tell me what the plan is." Yeah. And he go. She goes, "No." <laughs> I, I get that she's trying to establish her leadership. That you don't need to know. Just do your job. Yeah. But if it's one of your top guys, maybe you freaking tell him what the plan is, and then Especially you don't have to kill yourself at the guy end. Who, who you know has a habit of going off half-cocked if he thinks he's got a better idea. Right. Yeah. And and you know that he he's also used to working by himself. The beginning of the last movie, he's looking for the one guy that knows where Luke Skywalker is, right? Yeah. Um, tell this guy your plan. It's It makes no sense not to let your top guys know what the hell is going on. Especially when he's losing his mind because he doesn't know what's going on and he doesn't trust you. And he calls you a coward. Yeah, I think if I had one criticism of of this whole set of movies, you know, the first one as well, and we we talked about this length the last time, is that some of the leaps the plot makes and some of the things that people do to drive the plot forward are kind of really weak plotting. Yeah. And this movie suffers from that as well. if, If... if you have the capability while you're under attack by a group of star destroyers of just jumping into a ship and hyperspacing away without them noticing to go completely somewhere else. And, you know, again, we have this whole business of how apparently hyperspace is like teleportation. You can go anywhere in the galaxy in, in an, an hour. Yeah. Um, if you've got that capability, then the whole 
military setup of this is kind of ridiculous because why didn't they just leave the ships running and just leave? Right. <laughs> you know, one at a time. Nobody would have noticed. And even if they had like even with the the MacGuffin that they put in this movie, the hyperspace ability of tracking through hyperspace, which they never explain, which they never explain, and and it becomes like, oh, yeah, it's it this flashing a, thing on the one star destroyer, and if we can yeah, get in there, turn it off, we're good to go. Yeah, again, it, it came across a little bit weak, but again, it, my, bit, my it response stupid. to that would be fine. You've got four ships, four different directions. You meet up later, right? Yeah, one of the ships is going to buy it, so you uh, you know you spread your forces and you. Live, live to fight another day. Right. You well, they're actually saying we know that they're they're, they're tracking the main ship. Well, okay, you then go in the little ones and take off in different directions. Well, What's by the, the way, which is what they all did by the end of the movie. Yeah. Well, here's the problem. The First Order's... It's, and they stole some of these plot devices right out of Battlestar Galactica. It's a slow chase through space. Well, they'll run out of gas. Well, they got to yeah. stop eventually. Um, how many Star Destroyers do you have? Why not hyperspace two seconds in front of them and you've got them boxed in. Yeah. It, it, hello. Jump ahead of them. What do you... Yeah. Not only that, what about all those fast fighters that you've got hundreds of? Why don't you just send them out and just get them to destroy them? Right. Instead of just bombarding them from the back. Right. That's not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but they're, anyway, they're, we, they're OJing this whole chase. It's yeah. stupid. Yeah. Yes, I just did an OJ Simpson reference there. It, it makes no sense. It's stupid. It's like... Oh, well, we'll just keep going. We'll catch them. They'll run out of gas. Let's keep taking pop shots at them. And, um, yeah. And in the meantime, Finn wakes up. He was injured in The Force Awakens. He wakes up. He wants to know where maybe his girlfriend, but maybe not. I don't know. It's He's 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 all into Ray, But he wakes up, asks about her immediately. He's leaking stuff all over the place. It's stupid. Um and his immediate first thing is, okay, our ship's being chased. Ray's going to come back. She's going to be in danger, so I'm going to leave. Why, why is he going to leave? Why is he going to abandon the rebels? Do you, I don't know the answer to that. Do you? Something to do with uh, think, she, think, if she I comes back. That, that, part, that part of the movie, to me, um, it felt like it had been over-edited. Um, I think there was probably more detail in there to give him more motivation for what he did. But I, th- I think the idea was <laughs> he thought he would steal the tracker and then leave so that Ray would come to him and not to this kind of death zone that he thought everybody was in. And at the time, he was just thinking about himself and Ray and not about anybody else. It, um, it, it would have been then, better. And then he goes, he goes on a journey, quite literally, yep. to become kind of more of a rebel and also to, to have his eyes opened about... I think I think his arc works better. I think it's he, terrible. I think it's it's completely pointless to the entire movie. There's no well, reason I, for I, his I, arc no, at I, all. I think you need to, in my view, you need to all that stuff we just complained about about the weak plotting. You need to put that to one side if you're going to look at the character arcs. And to me, his character arc, character arc works better. He ends up with a he goes to the casino planet and he actually sees the consequences of to to real poor people of what the First Order is doing. And I think it reminds him of why he left the First Order in the first place. Um, I think he got whole caught, caught up in the whole kind of, you know, Ray and, and fighting against Kylo and all this sort of thing. And I think it reminds him that this is bigger than just him and his selfish feelings. Uh, and I think that's the first time he comes away from that. Um, and, of course, then that's... that's re- I mean, he, he then gets into this thing. He wants to make amends for all of it. That's why he tries to 
to, you know, destroy the thing at the end of the movie and ends up, uh, and again, another bad decision, a set of bad decisions. He makes a bad decision trying to leave. He makes a bad decision going on that kind of harebrained mission with the girl. And then towards the end, he makes a harebrained uh, bad decision trying to take out the cannon on his own uh, and end up, uh, you know, having to be saved. Yeah. You know, so again, a series of bad decisions made by people who should should be capable of making better decisions. And and to me, I, I think this is this whole thing that uh, that uh, that they were going for here, which was a, a futility. It's just like these these people are are mo- or pretty much all of them are winging it here. I think the first order is winging it. I think Snoke is winging it. I think all of them come across as like almost like parodies the people of the of they used to be. The, the first order is, is almost like a parody of the empire, and the resistance is is almost like a parody of the rebellion because they're all as ineffective uh, compared to what happened thirty years before. And they're of course the whole theme of this thing is in the futilities they're repeating the same cycle of stuff that happened thirty years before, and then thirty years before that. Um, and and I think that's really what they were trying to bring across from this uh, and and i i can only hope the final movie is going to be about people realizing that the futility of um of what they're doing has to change and and i think that's what's interesting about this is that halfway through the movie that the, even the, the the kind of the decisions start to change they're still not great decisions but people start making decisions you don't expect to happen I you think know, that I'm, I'm particularly I'll... talking about kylo ren here when yes. all of a sudden he starts doing things you don't expect him to do well, I think a lot of this, this is obviously Ryan Johnson's movie. And I kind of understand why some people are upset. But I, let me let me clarify this by saying I, I really like the movie. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I like some of the directions. But a lot of it was a big F you to J.J. Abrams and George Lucas. Yeah. Like, like. The two big things, three big things hanging after the last movie. Number one, who is Snoke? And what is he trying to do? Right? Okay. Who? He, he's the new big, big baddie. He's the new emperor. Yeah. Okay. So we got that hanging. Who is Ray's parents? That's It's driving her character through the entire first movie. Who is her parents? We all want to know. And, of course... She hands him the Luke Skywalker, the the lightsaber at the end of the movie. What's what's his reaction going to be when he finds out Hans died and yeah. the rebels really need him now? And you know it, we need Luke Skywalker. Those are the big three things hanging at the end of J.J. Abrams' movie, and we love it. And we've talked about it for two years. Well, Snoke, who cares? He's dead. They they just kill him. For no yeah. apparent reason, other well, like, than to no, put Kylo Ren that, in charge. I think I think the apparent reason is that Ryan Johnson thought he was a lousy, he was a lousy character, so he killed him off. And he may have been right, but who knows? Because he never even gave him a cha- a chance. He just he just undid that whole plot line uh, but, of JJ Abrams. I think, I think the reason he undid that whole plot line, uh, and I am playing devil's advocate here because I really support the decision he made to kill that character off, is is that is that the character was a trope. It I was agree. Such, such a bad trope. I agree. It doesn't matter how much backstory you gave the guy, he's still going to be a bloody trope. Yep. So he just said, you know what? Best thing to do is 
get him out of the way because he halfway through the movie everyone's interested in kylo ren so let's get rid of him and let's turn kylo ren into the big bad he's meant to be right yeah but but and i actually agree with you 100 percent. but i'm trying to explain why people are upset and why this was a big f you to jj abrams as well as george lucas so that's one number two who's raised parents yeah who cares now i actually like this I actually yeah. like the fact that she doesn't, she's not a Skywalker blood, that her parents were, who Who cares who her parents, they're nobodies. They just abandoned her. Whether that's they, true or not, I, and I do hope it's true. I do hope she's yeah. not a Kenobi or yeah, a Skywalker exactly. or anything. Um, I like the fact that Kylo Ren just dismisses her whole arc from the first, Who you don't matter. You weren't part of this. Who are you? What are you do, even doing? Your your parents are. Who cares about them? But that's let like, go of the past. It's about again about questioning people's decisions. Her whole motivation has been to try and find out who her parents are, right. what her place is in all of this, right. and she comes to the realization in this movie that seeking her parents is the wrong thing to do. What she needs to do is find out who she is, yeah, and what she's going to do with herself, and that kind of mirrors. Um, the Skywalker arc where he's basically has been the chosen one and he's turned his back on it. He's decided that he's not good enough for it. Right. And she's in a position where she st- she still has these powers and she has to decide, is she going to do the same thing or is she going to try and make something of herself? Luke Skywalker in this movie is a failure. Well, let's not get to that yet. Let's stick yeah. with, with... Well, yeah, but, but the point, the point is, is that, is that she goes, not only that, she goes, and Kylerin really actually says this, director, he says, you've been looking for your parents, and then you went to Skywalker. You've been looking for a father figure, and he's not going to do it for you either. And even when he offers to rule the galaxy with her, he right. basically phrases it in terms that basically says she's always going to be subordinate to him. Yep. Yeah, not an equal. Right. And, so, and, and that's, I think that's the reason, to be honest, why she turns around and says, screw you. Yeah. Not because she thinks he's evil or necessarily of that, because she just basically says, she says, what? So that's all you're offering me? And she, like you said earlier, was a trope. She was the new Luke Skywalker in the series. Except there is no big destiny for her. She's not following in someone's footsteps. She is her own character. And I think it actually makes her a much stronger character. It does. And you, you want to see her grow as a, a person, as a character to become an adult, because even in the force awakens, she's a child. She's a lost little kid waiting for mommy and daddy to come home and make it all better. Yeah. Well, guess what? She's not that character anymore. She's a badass. I don't know if you call her Jedi or not, but well, I think I think that's the thing. I mean, she says she says um, towards towards the end of that scene, she says, "Well, the Jedi are not the Jedi are not gone," you know. Um, but they are in a way, and I think this is why the the movie is called The Last Jedi is is because a lot of what Kylo talks about is is throwing away the past. Yep. And, and I think that's really what this movie is about. It's oh, like absolutely. No question. The utility well, of those, of repeating these cycles of decisions, and, and you actually do need to throw away. But just what, what Ray does is she rejects his interpretation of that because he wants to throw away the past and then recreate it in his own image. Right. And she's saying, no, I want to throw away the past and, you know, do something different. And then we get... Um, and I, I think the Jedi she'll become will be not 
the Jedi have the temples and the rules and you must do this and you've got to cut your hair that way and everything. Right. I think it will be much more open and uh, not so much focused on destiny. Because let's face it, this flipping prophecy and destiny about the balance of the Force, look at where it's got the galaxy. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, it hasn't worked out well. Yeah. And Luke Skywalker echoes those same sentiments. Let go of the past. The Jedi are gone. Forget all that. Move forward. He's cut himself off from the Force. He's living on this planet, um, drinking walrus milk right from the source. I mean, uh, you know, the, the Luke Skywalker in this movie is not the Luke Skywalker anybody really wanted to see, including me. And... As much as I love The Last Jedi, I thought it was a brilliant movie. My one big criticism is, and I understand why they did it and in a certain respect, but I don't like the handling of Luke Skywalker. Um, at the end of Jedi, when everything comes up roses, Luke has a confidence. He's becoming a an actual Jedi master now. And he's going to start the order again. And to go from that to a broken down, <sighs> grumpy, leave me alone, get out of here, fine, I'll teach you, but I'm really scared of the force now. I, I understand why they did it, but I didn't like the handling of Luke. Luke Skywalker was supposed to be a beacon of hope. And I understand in, in the real world, people change and all that. I didn't want that from my Luke Skywalker. I wanted to see badass Luke Skywalker. And we get a little bit of that here, but I, I just, I disagreed with the handling of Luke. It could have been done with more tact. It, it could have been well, done I, uh, yeah, with a I, lot more respect to the character and that, and how much he was beloved. Look, what they did with Han Solo was, they stripped away all the stuff that Han Solo became an empire and Jedi and put him back to his roots, a smuggler, right? Mm -hmm. I loved it because that was true to that character. This was not true to the Luke Skywalker character at all. I mean, they completely changed who Luke was, and I didn't like that. Well, I mean, Mark Hamill's on record saying that he, he disagreed with... He basically felt exactly the same as you. But, you know, he he played... i I got I got to be honest, I mean... A lot of people have kind of dissed the guy over years of not being a great actor. I think he acted his socks off. In oh, this I agree. Because he sold that character in that position absolutely 100% completely. And the, and the way it ended, the way, you know, his kind of redemption arc at the end, I, I thought was, was fantastic as well, given where they put that character. I do understand what you're saying. It's not what people wanted, but I think it fits in with the theme of the movie, which is... Uh, bad decisions, bad consequences. You know, and effectively, he's basically thrown the galaxy under a bus. Yes. Because he made some bad decisions, and he didn't like the consequences. All right, and that's not Luke and, Skywalker. And instead of dealing with that, he's 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 kind of turned his back on everything. Yeah, and that's not and Luke he, Skywalker. It just isn't. Well, it, it's, it's... It is obviously in this movie, maybe, but... That's it, how they played it. They played it that it broke him so badly. Yeah. Um, but to me, the, the flaw in that, I could live with that if it wasn't the fact that pretty much any Jedi mentor you've ever had can pop up as a Force ghost at any time and give you advice. And I find it hard to believe in however long it was he was stuck on that island, yeah, that um, Ben or um, Yoda never popped up before and said, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Dude. 
Come on. Yeah. Do you think we went through all this for this? You know, um, and yep. he, he, you know what? That would have been far more compelling. Yeah. For him to have some of those arguments about the relevance of the Jedi and what they should be with Yoda rather than with Rey. Exactly. Yeah, that would have been a better place to go. Yep. But I think they wanted to kill save. off Luke Skywalker once again. Yeah, kill well, they also like they I did Han. Now they kill Luke. Have too much, they didn't want to have too much Yoda. Um, and well, so they saved Yoda for that one know, that scene. scene. And, and Yoda's scene was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. They used the puppet from Empire, so it's the Yoda that we wanted. It's Frank Oz doing the performance. It's When Yoda shows up, I, I fanboyed out. I was like, oh, my God, it's Yoda. I loved it so much. And it was that was played perfectly, that it was Yoda that kind of turns Luke back. Um, Luke Skywalker facing off against Kylo Ren, that was that might have been one of the best scenes in Star Wars, where all the at-ats or whatever the hell these new things are called, the knuckle-draggers, yeah. are just blasting Luke. And then he comes off and just kind of does that dusting. Brush off his shoulder. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so great. Um, you know, and I, I figured it out immediately. As soon as he walks out, I'm like, wait a minute. That's not, that's not Luke Luke because he looks like he's 10 years younger there. Well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I wondered whether he was using, you know, projection technology or anything like that. I didn't realize that, um, I, you know, I thought it was, it was quite a neat way of showing how powerful he was capable of being by showing him basically doing the whole thing from across the galaxy remote control. Right. But, um, uh, and, and it was a way of, of kind of delivering him into the force, which is obviously where they wanted to go. Um, I, I, um, I appreciate. I know a lot of people are losing their mind over it, saying, "Well, never, nobody's ever shown this power before." And you know, look, I, I, I think you've got to kind of get off that. Well, the, the force is the ultimate MacGuffin, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And and the problem is, you've got to suspend that disbelief because um, the way, if you look at the arc of the movies, right from the the prequels, yeah, what what George Lucas was apparently saying to us was, the less well trained you are in the force, the better things will go for you. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Jedi Temple and the younglings and the Padawans and all of that sort of thing, that didn't help them. They, they got played big time. In fact, it was instrumental in them being play, played big time. Yeah, but by the then, same token, it lasted a thousand years. Well, yeah, but, but I'm talking about by the end, yeah. right? And then, and then if you look at the, at the main trilogy, Luke Skywalker was pretty lightly trained by Jedi standards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and then of course you get to this set, and basically that light training has come back to bite him in the ass because he's he's not been able to train other people, and they've turned to the dark and all sort of thing. And now we have a character walking around who's who's uber powerful and very lightly trained, and uh, apparently you know she's going to kind of save the galaxy sort of thing. And a lot of people I know have a lot of problems about the fact that she can pick up all this force stuff kind of innately without training. And now they've put it out there that she's not particularly special. She's not the bloodline that apparently this is just a kind of fluke of nature. Well, the last scene in the movie is that little kid putting his hand out and the broom flying up to his hand. He's using the force. So the force isn't the domain of the dark side or the light side or the Jedi or it's not, it's a force of nature that you don't have to belong to this kooky religion to take advantage of. And I like the fact that they're going in that direction. I think that's brilliant. But let's yeah. finally wrap this up with Princess Leia, General Leia Organa. 
there was three different places in this movie that Rian Johnson could have really helped out J.J. Abrams by killing her off. Because we all know that Carrie Fisher passes away right after making this movie. And I get the fact that he wanted to use that last scene where she says goodbye to Luke and, you know, all of that as a perfect send off to give her these moments. And I, they're brilliant moments. I love seeing them on screen. There was still a way for him to kill her off, put her in the Laura Dern role that she's going to be the one to take the ship through hyperspace and blow up the big bad ship. Right. Yeah. And Luke could have visited her. Apparently they don't have autopilots in the future. Right. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, and they could have had Luke's force ghost, whatever the hell he was, visit her on that ship to say the goodbye there. But they didn't do that. So now we get what's going to have to be an off-screen death or digital trickery to show Leia Organa passing. Because I, I think the next movie is going to have to pick up five years later. I don't think it's immediately afterwards like this well, movie yeah, was. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of... Who, look, who knows what Abrams will do. Um, I think he's going to follow the the Return of the Jedi, just like he did Star Wars in the first well, one. Yeah, I, I, the, I think the problem is is that Ryan Johnson has created a lot of problems for him if he wants to do that now. Um, I'm not sure whether they'll whether he'll have the, as big a jump as we kind of expect him to. Um, and who knows what he'll do with Leia. I mean, they, they've said she's not going to be in the next picture. So, but, but I, I mean, which means they, off screen, they death. could recast the role. She, she's dead. She's dead in the crawl. No, they're not going to recast that role. If no, there's one thing. Oh, I absolutely hundred percent. No, there's no fans would be pissed off to see somebody else ever playing Leia other than a younger Leia in a, in a legends type movie, star Wars stories. Other than that, no, she, she died. Um, fans will go bananas. It's not going to happen. Nor do I think they're going to do her disservice in making a digital version of her to show her no, how she I, dies. No, I, th- I definitely think they won't do that. So, so she's going to have to die in the crawl. It's just okay, the way it is. So, so she has to die in the crawl. I think... I, I mean, obviously, Johnson was playing with us when he looked like he killed her off halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he... You know, that was a very deliberate ploy to kind of put us in that position to kind of you know play with us really he obviously took the decision that that giving her a grand send-off after after the movie was finished and then she died afterwards wasn't the right thing to do i think he wanted to honor her performance by keeping it the way it was um and that's what he did last part i don't have a problem with that really last part can no we know that jedi the return of the jedi because now we can't just say Jedi because now there's two movies with the term yeah. Jedi in there. At the end of Return of the Jedi, Darth Vader is kind of redeemed. Although yeah. I, I, he shouldn't have been. Because I mean, he did slaughter children. And him and him his ghost getting to hang out with Obi-Wan and Yoda afterwards, like, yeah, it's all good now. Because, you know, at the last second I decided I wasn't going to let my own son die, even though I slaughter children uh which by the way uh obi-wan thanks for giving my kid the sword that i used to slaughter a bunch of kids um (laughs) 
Can Kylo Ren? Yeah, dude. well, I can, look. Yeah, let's. Um, can Can Kylo let's, Ren? Let's be honest. We don't. We the whole slaughter children thing wasn't in Lucas's mind when you made Return of the Jedi, was it? That was something he concocted afterwards, and we all yeah. regret that. Yeah. We just pretend that he had this grand scheme of, oh, yeah, 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 we had a one, two, and three, but no, you didn't. You just made it up afterwards. You started episode four as you make it sound like it was a serial that you grew up watching. You're not fooling anybody that you had some grand vision. You didn't. Um, Last question. Can Kylo Ren be redeemed in the last of these, this trilogy as Darth Vader was in his? My answer I, I, is no. I don't think I don't think I want him to be redeemed. I don't think there's anything there to redeem. He killed his father. He, uh, he, yeah, he, he's, st- he's still everything he does is basically bratty. Yeah, he he turns to the dark side because he's so upset that Luke didn't trust him. Well, he was already yeah. turning though. Luke, he well, he was turning. That. Yeah, but uh, but nevertheless, he he embraces the dark side because he's so. Um, he's like, how dare you! threatened to kill me sign of thing you know he's he's just the ultimate brat and everything he's done ever since has been the ultimate brat he doesn't like being played by snoke so that's why he kills him yeah he doesn't like that um that ray doesn't join him yeah he 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 can't make good decisions because of his because of his anger issues yeah he he basically everything he's done trying to kill leia killing han solo is all about, you know, he thinks, oh, well, I'll do just do this one thing and that's going to make me right inside. And the problem is he's just fundamentally broken inside. And and that's why two movies now where the character is, is broken and uh, broken to the point that he's virtually crazy. Yeah. I, I think it would do immense disservice to the character to kind of have him redeemed in any way at the end. I want him to go out fighting to the death, trying to do the most batshit mad stuff possible and the most horrible stuff possible because he's still convinced that that's going to fix himself that's what that's the way i want to see the character go ray should not end up with finn finn should end up with rose yep they tease the ray kylo ren romance thing going on for a while you think could this actually happen Uh, i think ray is a better character on her own without any kind of emotional love affair with anybody else uh, you know what i mean that there's been a lot of criticism of of the way these movies treat the women mainly by people who are uh, who don't like strong women and are anti-feminist yeah but i i think it would again it would undermine the femi- feminist uh, stance of the character to, to have to have her supported by a by a, um a, a mate you know two of the main characters don't even meet to the very end of this movie and that's poe and ray they don't even yep. meet until the very end of this movie. How crazy is that? Mm. It just dawned on me that they, oh, I know who you are. Oh, nice to meet you. Yeah. Maybe those two hook up. I don't know. Oh, um, but you, you, I know. Point, I heard what you is, said. Hooking up is, she, for, for Ray, I think hooking up with somebody should be completely different from uh, what she does as a person. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be part of her definition, what her love life is No, like. I agree. Yeah. And I, I don't think it would be a this point but i'm just saying i don't think because finn's whole arc in this movie was he wants to protect ray because he's in love with her and they kind of set this relationship up in the force awakens but i don't think they belong together i think she is so much stronger than him he is weak he he makes way worse decisions than ray does 
I mean, his two arcs in both of these movies have been him running away from something. And even though he kind of redeems himself in this movie after saving the weird horse things, um, I think still in his heart, he's still cowardly. He's the cowardly yeah. lion. He he is. Um, and he's selfish. Um, and, and you know what? Again, it's a strong character. I, I want to see him stay much the way he is. Let mm-hmm. him grow. Sure. But I'll always have that there in him because part of who he is, you know, he's, he's ultimately, he's always about what's best for me. Right. I've he's had, a cowardly I've lion. had a bad upbringing. So what's best for me? Yeah. I'm just trying to escape all this madness. So yep. what's best for me? And I think that's an important part of his character. And yes, it, you know, they, they, what I like about, about what they did here is that he's, how he sees himself and how he behaves is so at odds with how other people see him. Everybody else thinks of him as a hero. And he doesn't. And he's, and he's not. Right. And I think that's fantastic. I, I agree 100%. Yeah? So oh, you're that's real. That is people who don't, you know, they do heroic things without being a hero. I think that's real. So your final grade, what do you think of this movie? Well, I've got to be honest. I think I preferred the structure much more than the force awakens because it didn't echo empire so much. I like the fact that they basically turned empire backwards and run it through. I like the fact that it did, that it teased your expectations and then, and then ignored them. I I thought it was a much much stronger movie than The Force Awakens. I enjoyed The Force Awakens. I enjoyed this more, even with the plot errors and the pl- the weak plotting. I think even though even with that, I still enjoyed this more. So where I was, I would give The Force Awakens probably a B plus. I would definitely give this uh, an A minus. Um, I would say I liked it as much as The Force Awakens. I really liked The Force Awakens. Um, I liked it more than this movie in that at least the characters that I remembered and grew up with were true to who they were. Um, but maybe some of that is I get to see these characters again and I haven't seen them in a long, long time, especially Han Solo. Yeah. And it was a, a really fitting send off to solo in that movie. Whereas Luke's send off feels more plot driven than character driven. Yeah. Well, we got to get rid of Luke Skywalker. Remember Luke's not gone. He'll be in the next movie. Yeah, but he's gone. He'll be, he'll be a force ghost. I know, but he's gone. They killed him off. Um, yeah. I was disappointed in that. Once again, they feel like they have to kill off one of the originals. And obviously they're going to do that in the next one as well. Um, I really wanted to see Chewie eat the chicken. <laughs> yes. Really wanted to see him just chomp down and on We it. have a title for the show. What? Chewie, Chewie eats. I, w- I want to see Chewie eat the chicken. <laughs> It's kind of a long title, but I'm going to put it in. Uh, I want to. Oh, well, you just just call it Chewy Eat the Chicken then. Chewy Eat the Chicken. Yeah. Eat no, eat the chicken, Chewy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, obviously the porgs were put in there purely for the toy sales. Oh, of course. I mean, there, was couple, there was a couple of other things that, but weren't, they weren't Ewoks. I thank mean, God. like the. Like the, the black the evil bb8 was also put in for the toy sure, sales absolutely yeah, it was completely superfluous yeah yeah and i was surprised i thought the porgs would feature more yeah i'm just glad they didn't fly into walkers to blind them so the bad the good guys can do something that would yeah. have been like ugh, another ewoks but no they didn't do that i i i actually really really enjoyed this movie um yeah 
I would I would have given the the last movie an A minus. I will say this though. Number one, Star Wars movie of all time, still Empire. Number two, Rogue One. Number three, Star Wars, the first, simply because it started the whole thing. Number four is a tie between The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens. But I've seen The Force Awakens multiple times. I've only seen this one once. So maybe that will change, but I still don't put it up there above Star Wars. I don't put it up against Empire, and I definitely don't say it's a better movie than Rogue One. Rogue One was just absolutely brilliant on every level. I love that movie. I love that what they do at the end by killing all the characters. So brave, so good, and it really makes me happy that Disney owns Star Wars now because they're going to do with it what we've always wanted. I think one movie every single year might be pushing it a little bit too much. I'd be happier if they probably go every two years. Um, and I know that Rian Johnson is working on a trilogy of his own now because obviously Disney is very happy with what he did in this movie. I look forward to that. I look forward to them breaking away from the Skywalker family tree and exploring other parts of this galaxy far, far away and a long time ago, because those are the stories that I would like to see. Yeah. I'm, my only concern is that because of the slightly mixed critical, well, in fact, it, yeah, the fan reaction to this movie, because the critics all pretty much absolutely loved it. Um, I, I am concerned that the next one will go back to let's just completely mirror return of the Jedi. Well, that's JJ Abrams though. Yeah, J.J. Abrams but I is think not a brave. By doing that, yeah, saying, but, look, they tried something different and yeah. uh, people didn't like it. Yeah, I, but J.J. Abrams can... is not a brave director, not like no. Rian Johnson is. He is very much in the Steven Spielberg genre. That's just who he is, and that's okay. And I think it works fine in Star Wars. And I don't think every Star Wars movie has to be gritty and realistic, like Rogue One or this one, but. I, you know, there's there's room for both, and I do have confidence that J.J. Abrams will give us what we want in the last one. Okay, we'll see. Just like I think Han, years, but, just um, like I think Ron Howard is going to give us exactly what we want with the young Han Solo. I think it's going to be a gangster movie. I think they're going to do with Star Wars what Marvel has done with those characters, and each movie, even though they're in the same shared universe with superpowered beings. They're different genre movies. You get heist movies, you get war movies, you get spy thrillers, you get all of these different type of things. And Star Wars can do exactly the same thing. And I think it will be uh, a very rich tapestry for us to enjoy for many years to come. We, we have a, an exciting time to look forward to. And Chewy, next time eat the chicken. <laughs> So with that, we're going to wrap up this longer episode of Tech Fan. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback on this movie or any other subject, especially the stuff about Apple and slowing down our iPhones. Uh, simply send us an email, the show at techfanpodcast.com. You can hit us up on Twitter, Tech Fan Podcast. And, of course, we are Tech Fan Podcast on Facebook. The easiest way, though, is just simply go to Tech Fan Podcast or mymac.com and leave a, me- uh, leave a comment in the messages there. See you next week. See you then. Have a good Christmas. You too. Well, you know, just the holidays.